Sunderville fans, it is a moral victory Monday, but a close loss for the Sunderville's in basketball going up against the Stanford Cardinal. Uh, tough loss. We're going to break all that down, uh, positive and negatives from that. Then we're going to be talking about some positive takeaways uh, for their upcoming game against USC as well. We kind of talked about this last week in the podcast, but now we're in that scenario of what they need to build upon and, and take away to essentially take on USC. Then we're going to be talking about uh, another Bleach Report article. Uh, essentially, somebody is finding that Herm Edwards may be on the hot seat, potentially sharing our opinions. So we'll break that down and more. You're listening to the Lockdown Sentinels podcast. Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, Sun Devil fans. Uh, thank you so much for making Locked On Sun Devils your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is also brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with the Sonos Arc. The premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. Now, Richie, again, I said moral victory Monday. It was not quite a victory for that game against Stanford. That is a tough, tough loss, man. We're going to break down a lot of the positives and negatives, but ultimately, you'll lose by three. This is exactly what we had talked about, essentially, in last week's like previewing of the game. We're saying, like, Hey, if we can just get a close competitive game, but that's not enough for us. Not they actually played a close competitive game. It, it's heartbreaking the way that they lose. Essentially, a tie game on the very last second. Jalen Graham uh, fouls and essentially on a three point shot, giving them three shots, which they make all three, essentially ending ASU's chances of winning that game. Richie, there are some good things to take away, but let, let's at least talk about some of the, the good things for now. ASU played a very competitive game, like we had said. They were down as much as 15 in the the second half, and they clawed their way back in, man. Like, this is kind of the ebbs and flows of of a a basketball game. It happens in all sports as well. Teams get down, teams get up. You know, momentum can swing to one side or the other. But uh, ASU being down 15 and finding a way to tie this game with 24, you heard me right, 24 total lead changes throughout this game. Absolutely crazy game for ASU. And it's it's almost like a, a change in character from who we've seen. Not only were they great on defense, but they were very uh, essentially efficient on the offensive side of the court as well. Yeah, so I mean, they, they truly did, Connor, like you said, and we emphasize this right now. Excuse me. They made it a very competitive game in a game where not a lot of people probably give us a lot of credit. I don't remember what the spread was on it, but ASU would have covered it. And a yep. lot of guys really stepped up. Connor, we had four guys, double-digit points. We were shooting um, 53%. That's ridiculous. Yep. We don't do that, man. Like, these guys showed up in Stanford, California, to play a heck of a tough game. Jay Heath, 11 points. DJ Horn, 18. Jalen Graham and Marion uh, had 16 and 12, respectively, off the bench. These guys were making their shots. Marion continues, Connor to look like what we had hoped he would be. Now he he was yep. 0 of 4 from from beyond the arc, but he was or he was 4 of 4 cuz he took eight shots inside the arc. Anywhere yep. inside inside that area for two point shooting. He was making his shots. So Marion is finally starting to come into his own and I think that's going to be really really beneficial for us. In the meantime though, I mean big step up game from Heath. Kamani 
for for what seems like the first, maybe the second time this year, didn't do much on the stat sheet at least. But so many of our guys stepped up, and this is exactly the team that we thought we were going to see, right? This is this is the competitive team with everyone that we believe was going to step up for us. And unfortunately, we just fell short. But, you know, if there's ever a game to have moral victories, this is the one, Connor. Like, there were so many things that we did right. I want to say 76 is one of like th- one of like the three highest scores that we've put up this year. So yeah, that sounds super right. Proud of these guys. It just it is what it is, right? So we're average not moral victories here, but this is a moral victory. We are going to complain later on the podcast. We don't do that very often, at least for ASU. So we are going to do that on on essentially uh, behalf of them. But Richie, you're totally right. Great offensive output. Not like it was so much elite, just better for them. They're averaging low 60s and put up 76 points in a game. Um, overall, the team played very well. As you had mentioned, 53% from the field. Didn't shoot well beyond the arc at uh, essentially 28%, but that's right around uh, right around their uh, season average. So it's not so much alarming. It's just like they're not shooting uh, great from deep again. Did make almost 80% of their free throws compared to 25% from uh, uh, one of their previous games. That's at least a solid step up. Didn't necessarily get out rebounded by much. I think they were down six total rebounds. Um, had nine steals, but had six blocks. So again, defensive energy was absolutely there for this team. Uh, so definitely great to see. One other thing I did want to call out on Marion, as you had mentioned, he did go 0 for 4 from deep. But at the same time, still 4 for 4, 4 for 4 in his free throws, as well as going 4 for 8 everywhere else in the court. Getting you 12 points. Even though he didn't shoot well from deep, so it's 12 points off the bench, which is just, it's more than what we've seen from him uh, for the, mm-hmm. the better part of the season. So at this point, you take it. Now, uh, as yeah, I mentioned, that, crazy. That's like the biggest thing we were hoping for, right? Sorry to interrupt yep. you, but that, that's the biggest thing that we were hoping for when he was coming into this year is a guy who was going to be competitive and be able to put up points from just about everywhere. And again, from deep, he didn't, but everywhere else he was putting up points and he was great on the line too. So. Couldn't ask for much more. Again, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, more more of an average first half uh, scoring-wise for them. They were down 10 going into half, but really kicked it into gears. They shot 63% in the second half. And I I, uh, I didn't write this one down, but I'm pretty sure Stanford was shooting close to like 34 35% or something like that, which is uh, more, in my opinion, um, ASU's defense. But now we, we get into to kind of the, the negatives of the game. Stanford had, I believe it was 41, 41 free throw attempts to ASU's nine. Nine, yeah. Richie. Like, I, 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 you know me. I, I personally hate after a game when the first thing people talk about as a reason they lost is generally the refs. Now, refs have a, a, a human aspect to them, right? That's, that's just part of the game. But 41 to nine. Um, I, I re, or, uh, sorry. Um, Fouls in basketball, in my opinion, can be very ticky-tacky, especially the way that refs can give them out. Sometimes the the lightest amount of contact draws the foul. Other times it feels like somebody can tackle somebody, and it it just up to the discretion of the ref. Sometimes that is not a foul. Uh, That's a big discretion, 41-9. Like, I I, again, don't want to just put this game. You lose by three, but when you have that many free throws going to Stanford – it's kind of hard to win many basketball games that way. Yeah, I mean, it's borderline unacceptable. Like it, at that point, it feels like the refs are taking a huge interest in that game. And unfortunately, we were on the losing side of that. Like, Connor, that that can't be a thing. And I don't know if it's because of ASU playing poor basketball or if the refs were just 
on one tonight and they were trying to point shave and help a or uh, Stanford win that game. Cause they had the money line or something, but I, Oh my gosh, it's so frustrating, dude. You cannot uh, allow a team to have 41 free throws. And again, it can be both ways because there were stupid penalties by Arizona state. Right. But at the same time, some of them were so, so ticky tacky. And it just, it felt like you were ready to take your bad call brick and just, chuck it right at the TV because it's just frustrating. frustrating. Yep. And again, it's not that all 41 of those, those free throws weren't earned. There's definitely fouls given by ASU, but uh, ASU probably kind of got, should have gotten a, a couple more calls their way. So um, all in all, still positive to take away from this game. We'll definitely talk about how they can build upon that for USC in a little bit. Uh, that being said, Richie, I, I want you to, to plug your ears, get, get ready. Like towards the very end of the game, uh, we did see Bobby Hurley say something to the refs um, as the game was was essentially ending. People are walking off the court. You can see Bobby Hurley barking. Probably something we shouldn't uh, say in this podcast. Did have some uh, not so PG kind of words, which I, I can understand his frustration uh, for a, a struggling team who needs a win when you don't get that win. Again, like there's more things ASU could have done to win the game, but they clawed their way back from 15 points. Shot 63% of the second half. Shot very well overall. Like when you don't get a fair game called your way, it's a little hard to get that victory uh, and understandably so. Now, Jay Heath did also bump a ref, uh, which there's a little bit of commotion for that towards the end of the game. So I do expect a little bit of repercussions coming from um, the, the conference. So we'll kind of see how that goes. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, what do you get? You, you can't, can't necessarily do that, but they can't suspend him game. So if he misses a game or two, would not be terribly surprised. Um, now, here, here's what I really wanted you to to plug your ears for um probably was quoted after the game saying i'm just proud of my guys effort my guys uh fought their asses off played a winning game and i've never been part of a game like this ever as a player or coach i'm just going to leave it at that so you can clearly see that bobby hurley is frustrated and i get it uh what we're not saying that the refs are the only reason asu lost they did not make every one of their shots they could have shot better from deep there were more opportunities for asu to win this game but 41 to 9 we need to probably revisit that a little bit. Yeah. So I'll tell you, dude, right now that the next time we play Stanford, that game's going to be circled on the calendar. Our guys are going to be pissed off. And quite frankly, just calling a spade a spade here. We were the better, better. Ugh, we were the better team on the court last night and we deserve to win. So I'll leave it at that. The, the reason why me and Connor are talking about moral victories right now is because we should have been the victors in that game. And it's beyond frustrating that we aren't because we outplayed Stanford in every way that you could think of outside, obviously of putting them on the line as much as we did. But other than that, you shot 53%. You typically are going to win those games. College basketball, you dropped what, what was it? 74, right? We lost 70, no. 76 to 79. We lost by three. 79. Thank you. Yeah. You put up 76 points. That is winning so many games in college basketball. And what in the second half, they put up 44, I want to say. They completely outscored Stanford in the second half. So yep. it's just so, so frustrating, Connor. Beyond frustrating. Emphasis. Now with, now with that, unfortunately, we're going to have to put the game in the rear view mirror. Nothing ASU can do about that. So let's go ahead and move on. We have to start to look at USC. We had already previewed that game last week for their upcoming game, uh, essentially tonight now. Um, can ASU go in and steal a win? It's not going to be impossible, but... They have to play essentially as well as they did, arguably their best game all season. They have to repeat that. 
We're going to talk about how they can do that coming up next. But first, we have to talk to you about our friends over at Get Upside. Yeah. So, hey, guys, and uh, Arizona State Sun Devil fans, you know me is Richie Bradshaw talking to you guys about an incredible app that everybody who buys gas needs to know about, Get Upside. Right now, my listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app today in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code SCORE and get a bonus 25% per gallon on your first fill-up. That's 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free. Use the promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot, like myself, are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card to Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use that promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE on GetUpside. Locked on Sun Devils host Connor Drias and Richie Bradshaw. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at C Drias and Richie at Richie Brads 36 with a Z. Um, now we're going to be talking about what ASU can do to build upon this last game. And it's it's weird to almost say build when you're talking about a loss. Normally build is like continuing your winning streak, right? Or creating a winning streak. Not necessarily the case for ASU in this game, but there are still things to take away, right? Richie, it, I'll start us off here. In my personal opinion, it's small ball. No, ASU did not shoot well from uh, from deep this year, um, this game, but they haven't necessarily done that all year. That's not who they are. That's not going to be their identity. Short of catching lightning in a bottle one time or finding a guy who's hot on the court, it's just not going to be them. Not that you're not going to attempt the shots, not that you're not going to make them because they will. It's just going to generally be at a lower percentage uh, than maybe what we're used to seeing from like the rest of the conference. But it, essentially scoring points in the paint, uh, calling out the free throws, right? They shot 77 and change, I, I think, uh, from yesterday's game uh, or sat Saturday's game, excuse me. Um, it's just doing all these little things. Um, I, I think they tied them in steals. They had six to one in blocks. If you can out hustle someone and you're scoring the points uh, and kind of taking what the defense is giving you, um, you're going to be competitive. And that's all we were really looking for from this game. Now, USC, we had talked about essentially how dominant they've been on offense this year. They've got, I think, four players averaging above 10 points. Uh it's going to be hard to stop them. So even though the defense is a strength of ASU and we expect to see that, it might look a little bit weird going up against USC. Dude, it just like like you said, small ball playing so well inside inside the paint area, just outside everything inside of the deep part of the field. They were playing tremendously well. And that's all you can ask out of your basketball team is to play as effective as you did. Again, like taking away those opportunities where you put Stanford on the line, Cardinal, they they truly just just outplayed everything that Stanford tried to do. So it's so frustrating that you end up losing this game because of something as trivial as bad officiating. So I know you're a huge advocate for this, and I do back you up to a certain extent sometimes because games like this, Connor, is where I throw out this idea out the window. What I'm trying to say, for those of you who don't know, Connor particularly is huge on refs and plays or uh, penalties do not dictate the outcome of the game. So if football, not always. 
No, well, exactly, and that's what I'm going to get to. But in in the football aspect, like let's say there's like a totally missed, um, like a pass interference penalty on like a fourth down that ends up giving the ball back to the other team, and it like a blatant like staring at you. Tommy Lewis getting clipped by LaMarcus Joyner in the Saints yeah. versus Rams game a few years back. But there, there's plays like that where it ultimately feels like it changes the outcome of the game. And in that extent, I would tell you it did. But there's other smaller penalties that go on the game and you're like, man, well, if this didn't happen, A, B, C, and D. Well, that's not yeah. always true. But there are instances where the refs unfortunately feel like they're dictating the game and that that felt like it was it last night, Connor. It just, it truly did. And I'm so frustrated about that. Like it just, ugh. hashtag frustrating. I hear you. I, I will say that refs do have one of the hardest jobs in the court, if not the hardest job. Uh, I, I don't know how many possessions uh, a basketball team has on average, but the amount of plays that go up and down the court and generally like you're talking about maybe a small handful, a handful of them after most games, it, it's definitely frustrating and how much it can sway sway the game script one way or the other. So, uh, but that being said, that kind of leads me to my second point. Something you need to build upon. You can't, you can't look back, right? You cannot change this game, no matter what the refs might have done to you in that previous game, nothing you can do about it, right? Do your best to avoid those penalties going forward. You're going to commit penalties. That's just part of the game, but ideally not send USC to the line 41 times because I, even though they're making like 61% of their free throws this year, they will absolutely make you pay. There's no reason to give a, a great offensive team more opportunities than they already need. So that kind of leads me to my small ball aspect. Uh, when you do commit penalties, that's fine. Try not to compound them. Now that's so easy to say out loud, right? That's everyone can comprehend that, but it doesn't always happen, especially uh, in something like sports or basketball, uh, a semi-contact sport, I think we can call it, uh, where emotions can be just so ranging and can change in a dime. Um, Play within yourself, right? Try to get to the, the free throw line on your side. So you just, you cannot give USC more opportunities because if you give a team who, let's call a spade a spade, are more talented than you, they are better than you coaching wise, you, you name it. Um, if you give that team the opportunity uh, to essentially take hold of that game, they're going to take it and you can't be the ones to give it to them. Uh, since you have to capitalize on USC's mistakes uh, and essentially play a little bit smarter than them, which Again, we, we can go into the ASU locker room. Nobody in there is going to say, I don't get that. Can you repeat that one more time? Every, everyone is going to understand that. But uh, can they move past the frustration of this last loss if it is more so on the refs and just, again, take it upon themselves to play as well as they did? They're not going to shoot 53% from the floor. They're not. But can you shoot better than you have been, right? They're, they're shooting like probably... 30 like it's probably around 37 percent, something like that it's like leader. that mid mid 30 range is what it feels like somewhere around there not great but can you be above 40 can you be above 40 as a team can you shoot a little bit better from deep and make your free throws because if that's the case even if they do end up losing this game against usc i think it can be competitive 100 percent, man like this is like like i emphasize at the top of the show and i'm going to emphasize again right here this is the team that we anticipated to have this year was just a competitive basketball team. Do we think they were going to go undefeated? No, but we were thinking they'd be right around that 500 ish area where you were compete. You were going to compete for a spot in the bracket. This is what we've been waiting for. <laughs> it's like in SpongeBob, right? It's just like, that's what we've been waiting for. This was yep. us. This was all the fans. This was all the analysts is we're sitting there and we're, and I'm sure the players too. This is what we anticipated we were going to get 
out of this Arizona State Sun Devils basketball team. And are, are we going to shoot 53% every night? No, and we're not we're not saying that they need to, but they need to hover in that 40% range, I think, not put guys on the line as much as they did, whether it's the ref's fault or not. Okay. But this this is what we anticipated we were going to get. So it was a breath of fresh air that we actually got that performance out of the Sun Devils basketball team last night. We're really, really hoping they can take this momentum and keep using it for the remainder of the season, Connor. Before we move on to the last part of the podcast, um, I, one more thing I want to bring up. ASU needs to have that moment where everything just clicks, right? Like as a team, and that's not always going to happen. Some players are playing better than others. People go on hot and cold streaks at different times. It's it's not necessarily a controllable factor, but this loss, it truly, truly, if the locker room says, hey, we should have won that game. We played one of the best games of the season, regardless of whether it was a win or loss. We can take that and we can improve upon it. Now, uh, uh, it may not be in every uh, statistical category, but if this loss can essentially piss them off enough to do that again uh, against USC, you improve in a couple little areas, you play a competitive game, maybe you walk away with a win. We're not saying it's going to happen. We're not saying it's likely. Again, USC is a much more talented team than us, so we get that. But I, at the end of the day, I'm very proud of how hard this ASU team played against that game against Stanford. Out of our control, it's going to go down as a loss. No one's going to look back in 10 years saying, well, they did lose to Stanford, but remember all those penalties? No one's going to remember that. It's just no. going to be a loss, and that's all they can look at it as. Yep, but again, Connor, we're not we're not moral victory guys here. This is this is one of the few times not by choice. You, no, but this is one of the few times where me and you will actually accept a moral victory here. So take it with a grain of salt, Sun Devil uh, basketball team fans and the players and the coaches too. Take this momentum, keep it up, play pissed off basketball. There you have it. Let's go ahead and move on to the last part of the podcast here, talking a little bit more about Herm Edwards and whether he should or should not be on the hot seat. Now, before we do that, we're going to talk to you about one of our friends over at betonline.ag. Uh, they would like to wish you a happy new betting year as you continue your march into the playoffs and beyond. They're the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. I've been betting on them throughout the entire year. Uh, it was a bit of a resolution to just uh, essentially make smarter bets, and that's exactly what I've been able to do this year. Now, new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. And again, it's a new year which means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or just eating healthier, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better. Built Bar makes it easy to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or just straight up tastes like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it's just so boring. And by week three, you might be thinking, this just isn't worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which is usually around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, the car, wherever. 
Throw out all those sugary and calorie-filled treats. Replace them with built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can eat something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, you enjoy a delicious built Bar. You can almost count it as a workout. And there's so many flavors to choose from, from coconut almond to mint brownie to cookies and cream, my personal favorite, peanut butter brownie, and so many more. Check out built.com to see often what's new. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Has been turned to the last part of the podcast here. We're talking about a subject that we've discussed before, but Richie, it's mostly been you and I kind of bringing it up. Mm-hmm. Um, now you guys might remember this, but Herm Edwards is being talked about in a Bleacher Report article, which we're going to reference in just a moment, but should he be on the hot seat? Now, uh, essentially this comes from Brad Shepard. Uh, the article titled way too early college football head coach, hot seat predictions. Uh, so Herm Edwards, <laughs> he really like overall, if you look at it, he has not been bad, but at the same time, if you look at, at total numbers, it's not necessarily, um, the overall record, it's kind of the way in, in that record happens. Uh, so essentially, Richie, in every season that he's been here, I believe he's won at least seven games, minus the COVID-shortened season when he didn't even get that opportunity. Uh, he went two and two, so that was what it was. This last year, he went eight and five. Now, if you would have told us it, uh, that we went eight and five early on in the season, we probably would have shook our heads and went, okay, maybe not the season we were expecting, but it's not like we imploded. But there's so much that goes into that, right? Like we are eight and five, but what we didn't say was that this this team essentially had no passing attack to speak of whatsoever. We were expecting a big step up from Jaden Daniels. Um, it just didn't, didn't happen. It. So, and at the end of the day, is everything 100% in Herm Edwards' control? No. Coaches coach, players play. But that being said, Herm Edwards is one of the leaders, arguably the biggest leader as the head coach of this team. Didn't necessarily seem to, to kind of take hold of things. Uh, if we talk about the total number of penalties that would have happened, my jaw probably would have dropped and said, how many is that more than how many schools, how many per game? And the fact that we even had an eight and five record, I probably would have gone like, okay, Man. good for you. But this, this is really one of the, the first times that we're seeing from somebody else's opinion uh, outside of our own, that Herm Edwards is now on the hot seat. But does he deserve it, Connor? Like, honestly, when we put everything together, he's finished second twice just can't get over the hump. And when I say second, I mean in the division, not in the conference, because we have not gone to a conference champion conference championship game with him. And it just feels like we're consistently, we're consistently inconsistent. Like we feel like this is a team, especially this past year, that should have been competing for a for a Pac-12, uh Pac-12 South Division title. And they just didn't get it done this year. They fell apart when they needed to do when they needed to capitalize the most they just so frustrating connor and they totally squandered a year where they could have competed for a rose bowl straight up because you you have that consistency of a good game that they were able to put together towards the beginning of the year you you put them against an organ who complete frauds this year you have a real chance to win that conference which throws you into a rose bowl couldn't do it for one reason or another, but these kids just, they feel like they're not being put in the best position 
for them to consistently win football games. And again, like you said, players play, coaches coach. But a lot of this needs to fall on the coaching staff. And we haven't even talked about all the allegations and the potential suspensions that are going to come down on Arizona State for all of the COVID violations that were going on, all the scholarships that they have like been losing because kids are like decommitting from Arizona State, going elsewhere. And yep. this team is headed south very, very fast. And you're looking at a situation where Herm is probably on the way out and you're not going to be in a very good position to get a like super high upside head coach to come into this program and rebuild it because you're going to be missing so many pieces. But it, it's like something Donnie and I have talked about before. And I believe he said this on the podcast too, is right now Herm Edwards has good job security because Arizona state would rather write it out with him until all these sanctions are gone. And then yep. can't end. because you can't bring in a guy who's going to be limited on scholarships and not have bowl eligibility for the team. If this is what ends up coming down, right? Like we're, we're waiting for the other shoe to drop as far as what's going to happen to Arizona state football. But right now he's got that job security because Arizona state wants to stick with him. Not because, or not because I want to, but they have to like, you almost feel like an obligation of like, you're, you're in that, you're in that really bad relationship with, just someone very toxic and I'm not talking like real life relationship. I'm talking like sport sports wise, like sure. You're just stuck Connor. You're stuck. Yep. Um, uh, Brad brings up some of the, the decommit issues. I shouldn't say some, uh, a glaring issue with all the decommits. Um, uh, essentially that now has ASC ranked as like the 89th best recruiting class for, um, this upcoming season, which is crazy considering how few prospects they really have. But, um, Again, like I just want to uh, voice, we're talking about this issue. This is probably the, the third-ish, maybe fourth time we've kind of talked about this since we started the podcast. But other people outside of just you and I are, are seeing this as an issue. But what you had mentioned before is totally right. You can't you can't bring in some big name without knowing what uh, um, uh, essentially penalty is going to be handed down to ASU. Uh, so this kind of is what it is. It does give Herm Edwards a chance to redeem himself, not predicting, not reporting here based on how much hope uh, I do or do not have. If for some reason Herm Edwards in uh, a year where they lose a lot of talent from graduations, headed to the NFL, transfer, decommits, um, coming up from high school, whatever it might be, and they go for some reason to win the Pac-12 South, okay, he's probably not in the hot seat anymore, barring uh, this this incredibly terrible, um, essentially penalty handed down, right? Uh, but that being said, that feels like such a long shot. So I guess for Herm Edwards... To, to his benefit, he's got a chance to prove himself, but while he's essentially hung around 500-ish or a little bit over 500, winning seven-plus games in every season, that's great. But that being said, we didn't bring him here to be more mediocre, right? We came here for, for him to be great. Um, to, to quote um, essentially our athletic director, uh, he said he when he hired Herm Edwards, he changed the formula. So far, it looks like the formula is not right, right? So not saying it's easy to go out and win uh, a ton of football games and uh, win the Pac-12 South, but things got to change. So we'll, we'll see how that goes coming into the season. Cause I'll tell you what, if we have another down year or it gets worse, they win five, six, seven games. Uh, and we find out what the, the violation penalties are going to be. I have a feeling this is going to be Herm Edwards last season. So uh, with that, let's go ahead and end the podcast just right there. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about this in a little bit more depth as we find out what that penalty is. Uh, make sure to come back 
uh, later this week for you guys. Uh, we are going to have some exciting guests on. Uh, also be breaking down a little very bit more about exciting. Very, very exciting. Once confirmed, uh, we'll, we'll definitely let you guys know who that is. Um, but we, we have a, an upcoming game right against USC. Can ASU get a victory? Can they be competitive? Tell you what, if they're competitive and they don't get a win, we're going to come in here crying again. I, I tell you, we, we really will. So, uh, But ideally, ASU finds a way to pull off a victory uh, and really gets a, another win in the column and just builds on a little bit of momentum that, honestly, they got for the loss against Stanford. But thank you so much for making Locked on Sun was your first listen every day. Uh, you can find Rich and I on Twitter. You can find me uh, at Cedrios. You can find Richie at Richie Brads with a Z36. Uh, you can also follow the Locked on Sun Devils Twitter page at LO underscore Sun Devils. We have content that comes out Monday through Friday, guys. Uh, uh, essentially hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. Could be Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, Stitcher, uh, wherever that could be. Uh, but you'll get a notification saying, hey, Locked on Sun Devils has dropped a new episode. Give it a listen. Uh, but definitely make sure that you never miss an episode when that does happen. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets. They're going to be your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. You keep it locked on right here with the Locked on Sun Devils podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.